This morning is going to be the last series, last message in these messages of series um, that I have chose to speak on, thinking coming messages coming out of the Good Samaritan passage in Luke 10. I had originally thought I'd have two more messages, but this morning I'm including the messages of building, of, the, of building the kingdom of God with your assets and building the kingdom of God with your money. Those two, I have to chose to put them together in today's message. <clears throat> A little review. My first message, maybe I should ask you, what was it about? What's the foundation of building God's kingdom? Should I do a repeat? And thy neighbor as thyself. Love is the foundation on which the kingdom of God is built. Without love, there is no compassion. Without compassion, there's no action. Love is, Christ's love is the key in our hearts that starts the, the ability within us to love others as he loves us. And that, and then in that, like the Good Samaritans, we can truly love. We can, if we truly love, we, can give, we will give freely of our time, our assets, and the use, the use of our assets and our money. The second message was on building the kingdom of God with what? Remember how long a minute was? Time. You can't see time, but you can look back in time and see the, what you did in the time you did it, unless you, unless you wasted it. The problem isn't that we don't have enough of time. It's what we do in the time that God gives us that makes a difference. What are the fruits of your time? Are you redeeming the time? Letting God use you in the time that he gives you to take the bad times that you find yourself in and make something good come out of it, like the Samaritan did? Are you spending the little time that God has given you, that slot between birth and death, what are you doing with it? Will you be rewarded wisely for how you spent your time? This morning's message is building the kingdom of God with your resources. Building the kingdom of God with our resources. First of all, with God's resources, but the resources that God blesses us with. And as I, as I studied and I pondered on this message, and yes, it came out of Luke, we'll touch on that a little later on the Good Samaritan, my mind went to the, the, the opposite of what it would look like to, to build the kingdom, to build your kingdom, to build your empire. And my mind went to Luke 12, the passage that Dathan read. And I find it fascinating here that Jesus said, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consists not of the abundance of things which he possesseth. When God blesses us with plenty, God has blessed us with plenty. What are you, what am I doing with it? What am I doing with the assets and the money that God has blessed me with? Great possessions, a quote from Clark, great possessions are generally occupied with pride, idleness, luxury living, 
And these are the greatest enemies to salvation. There's a lot in that passage. Great possessions are generally occupied, occupied with pride, idleness, luxury living, and these are the greatest enemies to salvation. As I pondered that quote, and as I thought of this parable that Jesus gave here of the rich, I'm going to call him the rich fool. What was his underlying problem in his passage, in this story? And we'll get to that. When we don't have what others do, is there a desire when we see those things that others have? Is there a desire within us, within me, within you, for that thing and that drive to gain more, to obtain more? You know, in my short lifespan, I have witnessed a number of men, young men my age, grow up with a desire to, to make, with a desire to, to make wealth, to gain wealth. And yes, what they did wasn't wrong, and yes, what they're doing isn't wrong. But I, I question, I question. When I see their drive to make wealth, and I see them lose their plain values, I raise the question in my mind, whose kingdom are they building? We can never build the kingdom of God with our assets, with our money, with a covetousness and a selfish heart. Let's look at this rich man here. You know, God loves to bless his people. And he loves to bless us as his people. He loves to make our grounds fruitful. He loves to pour on the blessings that he loves to bless us with. And he did that here in this, young, in this parable. And the ground of the certain rich man brought forth plenty. He blessed it. You know, this man might have fertilized it. He might have went out and he did the best he can to obtain the most fruit off of his ground to make it fertile. And it was, it was a success. There's nothing wrong with that. It's being good stewards of God's things that he gives us. He's a successful man. He was, he was success, he had, his finances were successful. He was so successful that he had trouble managing all his resources. And, I, and how I get that is by the one question he asked. What? He goes, I have no room to store my crops. He was so overblessed and so overfilled with the resources of the plenteous that God blessed him with that he was just blown away like, I don't have room to store all this crop. His trouble and anxiety were reflection by the words here. These are some of the thoughts in the commentary. Is what shall I do? These questions, it, was a, it, was a, it was a rightful question, right? It was nothing wrong with that question. What shall I do?
I will do this, he says. With the wealth of the resources that he had, he planned out his life confidently. He planned it out. He would build his better, he would build and better manage his wealth and enjoy the rest of his life to the fullest. And this is where he went wrong. But inside of him was an attitude, was condition of the heart, was a lack of love as a foundation, first of all, for the needs that, he didn't, that, it, that were around him. He didn't see them. And if he did, he didn't care. He took his time and he built bigger barns with his money. with his resources so he can hold all the blessings that God blessed him with to himself. He hoarded them all himself. You know, the quote from Morrison says, we, when we were young, when we are young we think that to be rich means to be free from anxiety altogether. But this rich man was just as full of cares as a beggar without six pennies in this world. Can you imagine the stress he was under? He had this crop that he couldn't get in his barn, and all the work he went to do to tear down his barn and build a bigger to hold the blessings that God blessed him with. That sounds like a lot of stress. What did God say to him? He said, Fool, this night your soul shall be required of you. In one night, all, the, all of it, all the man's accomplishments, the plans for his life to be at ease, to live, it, to live in his life the wealth that he, he accumulated. In one night, all his business plans, his life plans, he couldn't even control the day of his death. And all his accomplishments and plans were instantly nothing to him. You see, everything was about him. Nothing was about God. And at the end, he didn't have his crops. He didn't have his barns. He didn't have his goods. His soul and his soul was dead. Wouldn't it have been much better for him to bless those around him with his assets, with his blessings that God blessed him with, and to store it all up for himself. This rich man didn't love his neighbor as himself. He spent all his time, his money, in storing his assets, his resources, and hoarded them all for himself. As we plan for the future, we must leave room for generosity. I feel, you know, this subject, this man was, is condemned for, for, for um, maybe storing up to last him through, the, through a dry time. It's not that. But we need to, as we, as we plan for the future, we must leave room for generosity. If we focus on security and securing our assets... And keeping everything and, bless, and all the blessings that God blessed us with. And don't see the needs around us. We're nothing but rich. 
fools, like God called this rich man. This morning, are your assets being used to build God's kingdom? You know, God saw it best to remove him from this world so that someone else could come along and use his assets, hopefully, to bring glory back to him. Poorer than the poorest beggar, this man left the world, this world. And so is he that layeth up treasure for himself, in verse 21, and is not rich toward God. God blesses us because he needs someone to be his feet and his hands for him. He needs someone to use the blessings that he blessed us with. He needs someone to bless so that he can use us to bless others. And as we do that, being his feet and his hands, we're using, as we use our assets, and the money that God has blessed us with to build his kingdom, not ours. What a blessing. And glory goes back to God. Can he depend on you? Can he depend on you for the things that he has blessed you with to pass it on, to use it to build his kingdom? We cannot seek first the kingdom of God in worry and fear about the tomorrows. And Jesus went on to the very next, very next parable, or the very next teaching there, as taking no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, neither your body, what ye shall put on. Worry and fear about the tomorrows destroys the ability to use, for us to use our assets and give of our money freely to the needs of God's, to the needs that God places in our path. If you worry and you fear about the tomorrows, you will automatically try, you automatically start storing up for yourself what this rich man did. It's about yourself. It's about myself. I'm worried about the future. I'm worried and fearing what could come in the future. You know, I, you know, Y2K came along and there's so many people that stored up for themselves. And at the end of Y2K and the clock turned, it ticked that last minute, what happened? Nothing. And they became, must I say it, rich fools. Because they stored up themselves, everything for themselves. Jesus says, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, neither your body what ye shall put on. The life is more than the meat, the body is more than remnant. Jesus is asking us to consider the ravens, consider the lilies. God takes care of them. He's asking us not to be doubtful-minded, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all of his righteousness shall be added unto you. When our time and energy and our resources are placed at Jesus' feet, like I talked about the last time, he will multiply it. He will multiply it. He loves to bless us. You know, the kingdoms of this world seek after these things. But what are we seeking after? Accumulation of wealth? Or letting God bless us with the assets that we have already? And as he blesses us more, are we using them to bless others? Seeking first the kingdom of God. This must be done. This must be priority in our lives. No, it's not just one of those priorities that we put on the top of the list of priorities and we do it. But it needs to be a way of life. It needs to be a way of life. Seeking first the kingdom of God. Verse 32 
And 34 says, Fear not, little flock, for your father, your father, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And I love that. His kingdom is so full. His kingdom is full of riches, way beyond what we can attain. And it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. No, not material wealth. Yes, that's blessings that he blesses us with as we're good stewards of his. But he gives us, it's his pleasure to give us the kingdom. God loves his blesses people. And it saddens him deeply to see people, us as people, to use them for ourselves. For ourselves. It says, sell what you have and give to the poor. Provide yourself bags which wax not old, a treasure in heaven that faileth not, where no thief approacheth nor not moth corrupteth. Giving alms involves putting others, putting one's material, putting my material assets to use to glorify God. It's giving alms. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This rich man's treasures was in his assets, in the many of the abundance of goods that he couldn't store in his old barn. To the world, it doesn't make sense. To the world, it doesn't make sense that we wouldn't have, that we don't have life insurance. It doesn't make sense to the world around us that we wouldn't insure our lives in case something happens to us. It doesn't make sense to them that we can depend on a God and a brotherhood that is driven by true love, Jesus Christ himself. It doesn't make sense to the world that we have our businesses of closed weekend, week Sundays. When we could make more money. It doesn't make sense to the world. To that kingdom. And it sure doesn't make sense to them. To pay our school taxes. Plus pay our. Private school. Our church school. To send our children to school. It doesn't make sense to the world. Doesn't make sense to that kingdom of this world that we would actually spend double to have our schools, children schooled. You see, we're using our money, the things that God blessed us, to build his kingdom. It doesn't make sense to the world, to the kingdom of this world, to turn down government funds to operate our schools, government funds that we could participate in, in different programs, handouts. doesn't make sense to them. They look at it as like it would be a, a benefit for us. We could use that money to further enhance God's kingdom. doesn't make sense for them, to them, to, for us to turn it down. Seek first the kingdom of God. Doesn't, seeking first the kingdom of God doesn't always make sense to the kingdom of this world. But God is calling us to be good stewards of our assets money that he blesses us with. Maybe you're like the steward that was given a talent and was scared to, to spend it. Was scared to do something with it. God blessed him with maybe you got blessed with a talent but God is calling you to reinvest it back to him so that he can bless you more so you can bless others. Step out in faith. Trust to bless your efforts. Trust him to bless your efforts. No matter how much or how little you have. 
I love the song that says, little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown that you can win if you go in Jesus' name. He that is faithful in that which is in which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have been, if therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous man, who will commit to your trust the true riches? John Wesley, and I love this. John Wesley taught and lived wisely regarding riches. He said that you should earn as much as you can, save as much as you can, give as much as you can. He himself, now if you'd stop there and, and, and that's all John Wesley would have said, I would have made some questions. But just listen. He himself lived on 28 British pounds a year. 28 British pounds a year John Wesley lived on. And gave the rest away. And when his salary went, his salary went from 30 to 60 to 90 to 120 pounds over his lifetime, he still lived on 28 pounds of British money. What was John Wesley doing with? The extra between the 28 pounds and the 120 pounds. That's a hundredfold more than what he was needing. See, John Wesley was using it intentionally to give to organizations that were building God's kingdom. His lifestyle didn't change. He wasn't hoarding it for himself when he could have had all the right to. The more God blessed him, the more he could bless others. Would I, would have you, could we say the same? Whose kingdom do you think John was building? John's kingdom or God's kingdom? As God blessed him, he was building God's kingdom. Let's turn to the Good Samaritan passage in Luke 10. Briefly out of this passage again. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, had compassion on him. Love is the foundation, stirred compassion within him. And he went to him, and he bound up his wounds, and pouring on oil and wine, and set him on his beast, and brought him to the inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come, I will repay thee. I like to think here, the good Samaritan here, was gave Gave over 80% of his resources that he had with him at the time. He gave of his donkey. He walked alongside of his donkey. He gave of his oil and wine, and he bound him up with something. Did he bound him up with what? Maybe his own coat. He gave of the assets that he had with him. He didn't stop there, but he gave also of his money. He took out two pence and gave them to the innkeeper. And two pence, there was different writers that would have explained this. And what I found to be the most common was these two pence would provide the man's need in the inn for two to three weeks. And I had to stop and I had to think, wow, what a hospital bill that would have been to pay. 
And he didn't stop there. He said, when I come back around and you discharged him and there's a tab to be paid, I'll pay it more. And this wasn't just a friend or his wife or his child or her brother or sister. It was his enemy. It was people that, it was a person that very likely looked at the, as a Samaritan, this Jewish man that was wounded as the outcast. But he freely, so freely gave of his time, his assets and his money because he loved his neighbor as himself. He intentionally was being a good, faithful steward in building God's kingdom. And Jesus says, go and do thou likewise. Turn with me to Mark 11. Here this week in our devotion at home, we read this account. And I'm going to read this account, Mark 11, 1 through 10. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethpage and Bethlehem on the Mount of Olives, he sent forth, out, he sent forth two of his disciples and said unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as you have entered into it, you shall find a colt tied. And thereon never sat a man. Loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do you do this? Say ye the Lord hath need of him. And straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way and found the colt tied to the door without, without in a place where two ways met. And they loosed him. And a certain of them that stood there said unto them, Why do you loose the colt? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded them, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus, and they cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. And many spread their garments on the way, and others cut down branches off the trees, and strewed them on the way. And they that went before, and they that followed, cried, saying, Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed, is, blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Jesus this morning needs your donkey. Can he use it freely? What struck me with this passage is, these people very likely didn't know the disciples. And they left their donkey, their young, valuable donkey, go off to be used to someone they very likely didn't even know. And I was trying to think how I could make that applicable for us today. Someone would drive in our driveway, and two people would jump out, and they'd jump in one of the vehicles sitting there. I would have questions to ask, hey, what are you, what are you doing? I wouldn't know these men. And they say, my Lord has need of them. All right, go. I don't know. That's what happened here. Whose possessions are they? Are they ours? Are they mine? Or are they God's? And are we holding them with a closed hand? Or do we have our hand open like Dathan would have thought? And let God use them to build his kingdom. Are you letting your assets be used by God through others in building the kingdom of God? You see, this donkey was used 
through others. He was just his asset that he let go for others to use. As a little boy, I can still see my dad. Watching or explaining to us boys as we watched our new mower go out the driveway, our new displaying, by a brother in the church, that his mower broke down. And he called dad and wondered if he could use our mower. We had just got this a month before. The brother that called was a brother that didn't always take the best care of his equipment, had rough fields, didn't pick stones like he should have. And there was a reason why his mower was broke down. I can still hear dad, as a little boy, say, it's God's mower. And as it came back in shape that it did sometimes, dad never left him. Pay a thing for God's more. Are you spending your money wisely this morning? Are you spending it as a tool that God blessed you with and is depending on you to build his kingdom? Are you letting your assets be used by others, by yourself, for the needs around you, to fulfill the needs around you, to build God's kingdom, not ours. God is asking us to remember, to consider the ravens, to consider the lilies. They don't toil, they don't spin. And God takes care of us. Takes care of them. How much more will he take care of us? Let's stay focused on building God's kingdom. Not ours. With our resources. Let's be like the good Samaritan. Loving to no end. Freely giving of our time and our assets, our money. For building God's kingdom and for his glory. Being a faithful servant with what he has blessed us with. So that at the end of life, when you come to the end of your life, you can hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Or will you hear, thou fool, with how you spent your assets. Let's kneel in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning. For being our God. Thank you Jesus for blessing us with your love. So that we can love. And God you have blessed us so richly. And we have so much. And God you have made it so easy for us to come this morning to worship you. Let's not take it for granted. Let's give to those needs around us. Open our eyes God for missions. And those people that are, are, are in need around us. Open our eyes that we could touch those needs, that we could build your kingdom with the blessings that you have blessed us with. That we would not just keep them to ourselves. And God, give us direction. Give us wisdom to know how to do this. 
And Lord, that you could be glorified, that your kingdom could advance, that your church could go on. We thank you and we commit our time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.